0: This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. Coming Home with John Allen is my new radio program. The Coming Home Podcast with John Allen is my... Up and running podcast. I've been doing that for almost two years now. Wherever you're watching or listening, I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, in the description of this episode, on if you're watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast platform, you will find several links that you can click into if you would like to support the work that I do here on Coming Home with John Allen. And today I have with me Steve Solomon.
1: Hi
2: there. Hello,
0: my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. First time we met was at Starbucks
1: couple years ago, yeah.
0: couple years ago, yeah. second time we meet now, and we've yeah. got coffee in front of us. It's not Starbucks, it's no. free. Uh, free but is good. <laughs> free, free is better, I th- I say. Free is better. Um, you are a fellow expat, a fellow American yes. here in Norway. How long have you been here?
1: Uh, for a little over 11 years, I guess.
0: 11 years. Good years? 11 good years? Pretty much, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Happy? Satisfied?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I know a lot of expats have trouble assimilating, um, but they
0: do, it's, it's quite a varied experience. Some people find comfort and success immediately. Some, uh, it's a, there's a little bit of middle ground. They're struggling a little Mm. bit, but they've kind of established themselves. And then some people, some of us uh, expats Mm. are really suffering.
1: Yeah, I I see it. I see it a lot. Um, Unfortunately I'm in the right line of work, so I didn't have that problem. But, um, uh, because of my, I guess, (laughs) very odd background that we're going to talk about. Yeah. um, I had no trouble because I'm always used to being on the outside. And so moving somewhere where you don't speak the language. Yeah. And the
0: people can be a little standoffish at times. So this is, this is okay for you. Yeah. Um, The odd background you're talking about, if you could sum it up, we're not going to sum it up. We're going to talk about it in Mm -hmm. length, but if you could sum it up, just to give people a teaser, sum it up in three words,
1: how Um, would you, what would you say? I guess I could say cult survivor. Let's do two words. Cult
0: survivor. Hmm. Oh come on, man. I don't get three words.
2: A cult survivor. <laughs> there, thank
0: you. A cult a cult survivor. A cult survivor. Hmm. Now can you define cult for me and for my listeners? Because there's so many definitions to that.
1: Yeah, it's it's that word is very pejorative. Um if it's all right, I'll just read it. Sure. Um there is, um, Let's just
0: get the mic a little closer to you. Are you a little closer
1: to the mic? There we go. A little closer. There we go. Um, there's a there's a particular cult expert uh, in the United States. His name is Dr. Stephen Hassan, and he is, I guess, he's been um, dealing with cults in some way for over forty years. Uh, He has uh, a PhD in a very interesting topic, which is, has to do with undue influence and how things like mind control actually work. Um, And he has been, he was a cult survivor himself. Yeah. If I remember correctly, uh, it seems like he was a Mooney or something back when he was.
0: So he has the practical background and the education to back Mm -hmm. that up again.
1: And if I just want to just, whoops, wrong link. He has a website called freedomofmind.com and
0: freedomofmind.com.
1: And I know that when, when I was breaking out of, of my situation, I I couldn't accept that I was in a cult. I didn't want anything to do with the word because of that. It's a strong
0: word. It has a certain connotation. It it leads the thoughts in a certain direction. It's very negative. Yeah.
1: And so, but what, what it actually means and how he's defined it is A destructive cult is a pyramid-shaped authoritarian regime with a person or group of people that have dictatorial control. Uh, They use deception to recruit new members. They do not tell them what the group is or what they're about or what they actually believe and what will be expected of them if they become members. And also, they also use undue influence to keep people dependent, obedient, and loyal. And of course, undue influence is is defined as uh, any act of persuasion that overcomes the free will and judgment of another person, and it can be in many different forms. It can be sure. positive, like love bombing, yeah, or it can also be very negative, yeah, borderline psychological abuse.
0: And both paths lead to an enormous amount of control, or they can yes. lead to an enormous amount of control over the individual. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so name the cult. And I, then let's talk about your experience within okay. it. In
1: 1976, my mother started studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. And I was, how old was I in 1976? Eight years old. Uh, prior to that time, uh, I remember I think we were Methodist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we went to church maybe, you know, once in a blue moon like most people do. And yeah. I, religion really wasn't a thing. No, for far, far from diehard Christians. No, not at all. Uh, But we celebrated birthdays, we celebrated holidays, we were just like every normal uh, middle class suburban family. And then she- was in Texas, right? Yes, in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Shout out, shout out. For
0: those of you who are watching, you see it, you see the number and you see the colors.
1: Dak Prescott, number four, baby. There you
0: go. There you go.
1: Anyway- um, Speaking of cults. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, people. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but um, anyways, the, um, I, she started becoming very serious about it in 76. And then yeah. I think by the time I was in the third grade, um, she had become a full member.
0: What year were you born? 68. Okay. You're a year older than me. Okay. Yeah. 76. Yeah. Seven years old then.
1: Yeah. Um, Eight it, years old. Sorry. It was, it was um, very confusing for my brother and I. How
0: how so? Tell me, tell me, how does a child experience a big change like that? Because that's a humongous change from, well, I'm making an an assumption here when I say it's a big change to go from a, let's call it a non-practicing Methodist to being a practicing Jehovah's Witness. I don't know too much about Jehovah's Witnesses, but I do know that there's a lot of structure.
1: (laughs) That's one way to put it. Okay. Am Um, I I being too soft?
0: (laughs) So, so, so I get, so then describe then. Uh, how big of a change was it and how did you experience that as a child?
1: What I remember, uh, in those days was what stands out is that suddenly we were different than everyone else. We had to dress different. We had to talk different. We did different things. Suddenly we were supposed to, um, preach their message at school. Um, we couldn't.
0: So they put you on the evangelical path right right away. away as children
1: right away. Interesting. Um, we couldn't, we could no longer salute the flag uh, right, or, right. or say the Pledge of Allegiance. Birthday parties at no school? No birthday parties, yeah. no holiday parties, nothing. I mean, it's... How, when, did,
0: your, how did your mom explain that to you? Because you don't just do that. to well, oh, well, I guess you can just do that, uh, force that on a child with no explanation. You can, but did she give you an explanation? Uh,
1: it's more like the, the, the things that we were uh, having to do that we were to do, were made into this much bigger, uh, this much bigger thing. You were a part of this organization on Earth that um, is God's true people. Mm. That's what they teach. Everyone right. else is lost. They're not, yeah, and, but you are. And so you are a part of this God club now. Right. And God is watching everything you do, so you have to make sure you don't uh, do anything that He would disapprove of. Because you see the other thing is true too, the devil's also watching it right, you do. and um everything that this that they don't want you to do they demonize I see you know? and so it's confusing when you were a kid because you don't have the concept of eternity right you you don't understand what all this means right uh, but to make to make it worse for me um <laughs> i I suffered from night terrors when I was a kid oh uh. and the the nightmares were bad. I still remember them to this day, you know, repeating
0: um, nightmares, the same thing over.
1: Yeah. Very, very, very bad ones. Um, (laughs) I could tell you, um, a little bit about some of what they are, but that would require bourbon. Ah. But, um, anyway, the, so I was experiencing these things. And of course the church leaders came and they basically said, Oh, it's because you have demons in your house. And it had something to do with my grandmother who, um, Pretty much, I don't remember what religion she was. Um, she was just a normal person. Yeah. But she had given my mom a Bible. And supposedly the demons were in that Bible. And they had this big deal where they got rid of it and took it away to burn it. And, and everything was fine. But the thing for me was... So they
0: started dividing your family right away yes, right by away. putting that on your grandmother. Right away. Interesting. Well,
1: my father was not, uh, he wasn't a witness at the time. And uh, so he thought all this was just, you know, a bunch of bunk. Sure. But, but um, for me, what was so scary was I'm seven or eight years old Mm. and I actually think the devil is trying to get me because that's what they told me.
0: And it's not that hard to put my mind into that, into those conditions. You know, I was a kid too, and I can only imagine, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't have to imagine to be able to feel what that would be like to actually think that the devil is I have, Among you, yeah. <laughs> in your home, in your midst,
1: I have as a child. That's a, frightening. I have quite an imagination too. If you, well, ask, I was thinking
0: about night terrors. How about the day terrors of just well, walking around and and you know you you are in a room. That,
1: yeah. You're in a houses are can be creepy anyway. Right? Sure, you know, sure. And you're you're walking along, and certain parts of the house doesn't feel safe for whatever reason. Yeah, and you know it. it you, the house settles and makes a noise, sure. and suddenly there's yeah. Satan trying to get you. Right. Yeah. So,
0: how did you deal with that?
1: Not very well. Not did, very were, well.
0: You, were you able to have? A, well, let me ask you this: What did your mother tell you? You know, did she arm you with any type of knowledge about what you could do to combat this the, this supposed fact that the devil was in your home?
1: I had to pray a lot. And I had to so read the Bible. Was the, okay. and I had to read their literature. And yeah, you know, I when you're seven or eight years old, I, Bible stuff, not so fun.
0: No, but did you do it though? You For self-defense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's interesting though is when they said that they had solved the problem by getting rid of the demons, the night terrors didn't actually stop. Okay. I just stopped talking about it. I see, and so uh,
0: why uh, why did you stop talking about
1: it? I don't really know. Um, I didn't feel like you know, I didn't know if they were taking me seriously or not. But it was a bunch of drama around it, and so to keep peace for yourself,
0: if I can use that word, maybe that's why you just it a, could a, it's be. better off um, for me not to even speak on this.
1: When when you think about basic human psychology, yeah. you know, when humans have evolved fight or flight instinct. Uh, that's how we've survived sure. for, for the lifespan that we've been on the planet. Um, my first go-to instinct is flight. Yeah. I'm not much of a fighter. Um, I prefer to just take myself out of a situation. Yeah. And well, I think we're a lot alike in that sense. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just, I didn't feel that um, the a lot of the, the dreams, the, the super bad ones, uh, some of those had stopped, but I still had some others. Yeah. But what's interesting though is a few years later, um, I was still having them occasionally. And um, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism or not. I've never really talked about it with a psychologist or a doctor or anything, but um, I, it, it, when mm-hmm. I have these dreams, I know I'm dreaming. Yeah. It's like a lucid state. Right. And I can change my dream. Yeah. And now it's like, Nightmares to me are kind of a joke. Yeah. You know,
0: so. with experience, with maturity, with that um, strengthening of the strengthening, blah. who's the podcast host today? Strengthening of the mind. Um, I've read that people can actually turn nightmares into somewhat of a, um, uh, of an exciting challenge. Hmm. Because they've learned to control yeah. their dreams. Okay. Here's the same recurring situation mm-hmm. that I have with these nightmares. How am I going to deal with it this time? How am I going to mm-hmm. fix it this time? Are you at that stage? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been able to yeah. do that for yeah. decades.
1: Uh, it's a form
0: of self therapy. I've you know, read
1: God didn't help me do that either. Right. A so, right. Mm, little bit of, a little bit of doubt in my
0: mind. I, I'm, it, it, it just seems so tragic that uh and it is tragic i'll call it trauma <coughs> excuse me being introduced to you at that age um as a child and that trauma is being introduced <coughs> excuse me wrapped in religion
2: mm.
1: well what it it's way deeper than that if, how so Let if speak you, speak on that please if you look at their literature i remember it would have been in the late 70s see what what the, the witnesses have Five meetings a week. There's, and of course, it varies from location to location, but generally it's two meetings on a Tuesday, two meetings on a Thursday. yeah, two a day? It's two meetings on Tuesday and one on Thursday or vice versa. Something like that. Yeah. And two on Sunday. Okay. Uh, on Saturday, you're expected to go in the ministry work. Um, and then all the time in between, you're supposed to be preparing for all these meetings and doing mm. your reading and all this stuff. And they give you a lot of stuff. But every summer they have um, these big conventions that are held in, in stadiums usually. Mm-hmm. And this particular one, I, I want to say it was like 78 or 79. I'm, I can't, I memory, you know, I, I'm not yeah. quite sure. But um, it was in, um, where the Astros played, Astro, uh, the Astrodome. Okay, yeah. In Houston. Houston Astrodome, yeah. And so we had gone down there and they had released this publication called My Book of Bible Stories. For the kids it was this big deal special thing all the kids felt oh this is great they're giving us this thing yeah. to read and you know of course you read it and everything and and it's it's basically it tells a much simpler version of biblical right. stories from yeah. start to finish yeah i remember seeing this book about i don't know when i was breaking out about 20 years ago and it's horrific when when you read it, because it talks about how it normalizes violence, because oh. God is going to kill everyone that doesn't believe the I way see. we do. Yeah, I see. And they, they show all these, these graphic pictures of these peoples, you know, looking up and, and yeah. these angels coming down and fire and all this stuff, and
0: it's really magnifying the image of that vengeful yeah. Lord. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's one thing, you know. And again, I don't know too much about <clears throat> Jehovah's Witness, but I've always marvelled at the level of violence. You know these images, uh, 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 different drawings and paintings that yeah. they refer to, and it's like, you know, and I'm and I'm a Christian, and it's it it, it makes one wonder what has happened to mankind's use of and interpretation of religion when. Two supposedly Christian faiths can practice in so diff- so wi- widely different
1: yeah. manners. Well, I, I guess I, I've often wondered similar things, but, you know, the it really goes into what does it mean to be Christian? You're supposedly following the teachings of Jesus, right? That's where Christian came right. from. But who was Jesus?
0: Right. Jesus was a man. He was a Jew. Yeah, yeah.
1: And... Jesus was Old Testament. Yeah, that's really all they had in right. those days, and the the Old Testament. If you've never read it, man, it's brutal. It is. I've it's I've read
0: I've read it cover to cover, Old and New Testament. I've done it three times in my life, yeah. and um, with each reading comes new uh, uh, interpretations, um, and that is see. I'll say this, I don't believe that religion in in itself is something bad. I don't believe that, you know, you'll see people write all the time on social media that re- religion is the cause of so much uh, 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 trouble and trauma
2: mm.
0: and violence in the world. I don't look at it that way. I look at man's, mankind's <laughs> interpretation of religion
2: mm.
0: as the cause of that because it's, the Old Testament is brutal, especially if you mm. take it literally, Mm-hmm. But if you take it for its imagery, mm. if you take your dare I say God-given mind yeah. and put it to work as you read that, for me anyway, I have no inclination towards violence. I see the lessons yeah. in what is there in the Old Testament. And then in the news, in the New Testament, I just can't I just can't find anything that refers to the violence and the oppression that we see people using today in the name of religion. I don't see I, I personally yeah. don't see it. There's so some I, in I,
1: Revelation. Well, yeah,
0: <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Something about the end of the world. yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Gets a little. Uh, But the general thrust of the New Testament is caring, giving, equality, uh, mm-hmm. service,
1: right? Then the Apostle Paul came and he was a bit of a hardliner. But um, for he the was. Most part, he for was, the most part, yeah. um, I think the, the message of the Gospels is. Is is what you say, um, for the, for, the for the most part. But but
0: but again, it's it's all in how mankind interprets it, mm-hmm. and that's the sad thing. And I don't I don't want to say anything derogatory about Jehovah's Witness because I don't know that much about it. But the parts that I do know, I find it hard to identify with. I try mm-hmm. I try to find the connection to what I think Christianity is, mm-hmm. and I struggle with that. Well, Which tells me that man's interpretation of yeah. religion has done something you, to the religion itself.
1: You have inadvertently uncovered one of the core tenets of what it means to be in a cult. In a cult, they do your thinking for you. Yeah, They tell you what to think. Uh-huh. They tell you how to feel about it. And so you're not allowed to interpret it. You have to take their version of, of how things are, right. and there's no dissension at all. You're not if if you dissent, they crack down hard.
0: How so? What happens to someone who shows dissent? But before we get to that,
1: mm.
2: or
0: maybe as a little side path to that, let me go back to when you were a kid. Mm. Uh, and again, this new um, this this religion, this new thing, has been introduced into your family. It's a shock to you. Mm. Did you ever rebel against it?
1: Oh, yeah. All how, the time. how
0: so and what were the consequences?
1: Um, well, I mean, there, there's two ways to rebel. Mm-hmm. There's an overt rebellion where you basically say, uh, kind of like what you see my home state doing these days with the vaccine mandate. You can't tell me what to do and I'm yeah. going to do whatever. Do your worst.
0: Texas in a nutshell.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, then there's the subtle rebellion where didn't see it. Can't prove it. Okay. And I was in the didn't see it. Can't prove it camp. Okay. So what happens is you end up living a double life and you are a different person around non-cult people. Um, Sometimes people get real extreme with it. I wasn't very extreme with it. It's just, I felt much more relaxed when I was not with people in the cult. Because of, the, again, you have to toe the line. You have to be constantly working and doing the things that they want you to do. And you have to always spout the rhetoric.
0: It's too much for a child to have it's, to be occupied with.
1: It's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of energy to be spent to live a double life. It's stifling.
0: Yeah. I would imagine that it is almost impossible for a child to be a child.
1: Yeah, yeah, sadly. Because
0: child's push borders, child, uh, did I say child? Children, I'm tired, people, forgive me. Children push borders, (laughs) children try to bend the rules a little bit. That's natural, but it sounds like the the, the teachings of the Jehovah Witness, they want to erase that. They're looking for blind obedience.
1: They want blind obedience. And I don't
0: think that's natural for any child. I'm not a psychologist, but Mm. as a parent— I can say that that blind obedience kind of, I, I, I've n- i have never heard that term used in good parenting.
1: No, uh, it's not good in anything. Um, and, you know, the, the sad thing is, uh, if you believe that there is an intelligent creator who has created humans and given them a brain to use, why don't you let them use it?
0: Well, and, and, and also, e- even Jesus took the time to speak with the doubters.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. Hello. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess um, uh, back to your point. In, about, in other words,
0: there should be some room for discussion here rather than the blind obedience that yeah, they're calling and, for.
1: And there's, there, there really isn't. Um, if I, I've often spoke of this um, to other people, and, and I've had many people say to me, oh, well, I know Jehovah's Witnesses, and they don't behave that way. And I said, well, I mean, if if you want to if you really want to experience what it is that I'm saying, go to their meetings. Right. Talk to them. And if you want to study with them, ask them this important question, ask them what happens if I change my mind?
0: Yeah. And what would their answer be?
1: Oh, they're not going to tell you right away, but what, what they do is if you, you, cause you asked me about dissent, what happens? Yeah. Um, you get counseled, um, the, the, they, they have this body of leaders. Um, they, they're effectively clergy. They don't like to call themselves the clergy because that's what they consider Babylon the Great, the world empire I see, of false I see. religion. And we yeah. have to be different, right? Uh, anyway, so they they have what they call elders. Elders. And there there will be three of them, and they will basically read you the right act. Okay. So, and if you don't... um. They Call it repent, or if they don't see evidence of your repentance, they can kick you out, which means you get shunned.
0: So, you better toe the line repent means to change, you better change, you better do what is right according to our
1: and you have to demonstrate rules. that. Yeah, right now, they don't tell you this when you're interested in, in, in their message. Um, they go through what's called love bombing, right? And so they want to present the best picture possible. Oh, we're so happy people, and you come and we'll help you do all the stuff. And
0: and again, going back to the definition of a cult, that's how they they get their members yeah. into Probably the fold. Done. Yeah.
1: And you know, I, I I've been thinking most of my life what draws people to cults. Um, I I think you have two kinds um, two kinds of people that end up in cults. You have people who are broken in some way. Um, either uh, they're not right upstairs in the head, or or they've had so much trauma in their life that they've just they're just broken and they're looking for um, something better. Right. And then you have people who are born or effectively born in, and <laughs> the, the the difference between those two people is night and day.
0: I can imagine.
1: A lot of times, the people who Join as adults. Yeah, they um, they're more hardline. The ones who, like me, effectively grow up in it. Yeah, um, we have a bad case of cognitive dissonance. Ah, uh, bad case. And sometimes <sighs> we resolve it, and sometimes we don't. Um, I know many people. Um, who well, I, I assume they're still in. Yeah. Uh, because what and happened? you have to
0: assume because you probably don't have contact
1: with no, them anymore. No. Yeah. Um, when I left, I left in, I left after a really weird series of events.
0: Um, tell, tell us about it. Uh, let's see. I guess I, I know was, we're kind of jumping around yeah, here, it's but fine. but yeah. I, I you know this is an organic conversation, and I'm truly mm-hmm. interested. So yeah. you're saying this one thing, I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's yep. follow that. And
1: well, I, I I guess when when I was younger, um, I, they held out a path for me. And the path was, oh, everyone, when you say they, you mean the, 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 your, your no, no, no. The, the organization the organization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they held out a path for me and what the path was all about more service. <clears throat> uh-huh. So they wanted me to, they have this, um, their headquarters in New York is called Bethel and that's where all the good people go. They go and they volunteer and, and they, they spend their life serving God there.
0: Is it like a big complex? Yeah. A big, okay. In yeah, New York City or?
1: It was at the time. <clears throat> um, I believe it's in New Jersey now. I'm not, They okay. moved it somewhere. Okay. Upstate New York or somewhere. I don't remember. Okay. Did, but, um, but it was right there in Brooklyn. So, I mean, I I had visited it a couple times. Um, kind of creepy. Really? Yeah, a little creepy. But um, anyway, the, um, and so I, I, I thought, okay, this would be a good thing for me to do. But. You see, I enjoyed school and I really wanted to work with computers. Yeah. I wanted to be a programmer, uh, but you can't do that unless you go to college. Right. But see, college, not allowed. Not not, not allowed? allowed. Mm-hmm. No, nope. They came out and told really? us many times that college is not for people who want to be in their organization.
0: And their reasoning for that.
1: Their reasoning their real reasoning I think I know what the I, yeah. I think I know what the real
0: reason is but <laughs> the, what do they
1: tell you Their reasoning is that well the world's coming to an end anyway so why waste your time getting an education in something you don't need So and by, by, by the way yeah the way, yeah, these, yeah these these uh, universities are full of bad people mm. And if you associate with them then you'll be out
0: by them saying there's no sense in furthering your education because the world's going to end anyway, they're removing a large part of the message of at least the new Testament, which is a message of hope.
1: Well, they're replacing it with their hope. You see, um, they, we haven't really established what their main doctrine is. Their, their main doctrine is that in 1914, um, that was the end of the Gentile times and Jesus has now turned his attention invisibly to the earth and that has begun the last days. And this, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big paraphrasing. There's a lot more to it than that, but Mm -hmm. essentially the, the, the time is ticking because then the, um, the last days will start and then God will put an end to it and he will put Satan in prison for a thousand years, restore the earth to like it was in Eden, give, resurrect all the dead people, and then they will be given the chance to learn about, you know, what God wants them to do. And then at the end, they're given the choice. They either choose to live uh, forever in paradise on earth or they get destroyed with the devil. That's their picture of, that's their end game. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is how they came up with that date, but you come back to that. That's the funny, okay, yeah, funny story. Yeah. Um, but so with that in mind, why would you go to college? Right. You don't need to learn anything because, you know, the end is just around the corner. Right. It's it's, it's any second. So why waste every, every assembly, every meeting? It's like, okay, any second now.
0: So why waste time on this endeavor that can be perceived as something selfish? You're trying to gain knowledge that doesn't have anything to do with uh, being a Jehovah's witness. Why waste time on that? Keep doing our work.
1: Yep. Because, because the time is coming. You have the responsibility to bring in as many people as you can to save them from being destroyed. So you are in effect, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sanctified isn't really the word I'm looking for, but it, it's well, like very, you have a, you have a holy mission.
0: I was going to say you're very bound yeah. by the doctrine. You're very bound by the message, by the, 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 the whole, the very essence of being a Jehovah's witness. You're bound yeah. and it encompasses such a large part of one's yeah. life. Mm. Um, <laughs> Especially a child who can't, you know, doesn't have the freedom to to, right. to break out of that. Dang. But how how does it affect a person's financial life? Because again, <laughs> I don't know too much, but I hear stories about how you don't even have control of your own finances as a Jehovah's Witness. Wow,
1: yeah, that's what is
0: what is that all about?
1: There's a lot of hyperbole out there. Sure, but um, where does it come from? What's it based in? I think when a lot of times when people leave. The Organization, I know when I left, I was very angry, and you know, you you, you realize that you were sold a bill of goods, uh, and it's not true. You feel like a fool, uh, yeah. Not but oh, well, what kind
0: of jackass was I to you? But believe? you feel
1: cheated, okay, absolutely yeah. cheated because Got gotcha. um, yeah. I know that for, for, for me, I wanted to go to college, yeah. I didn't get to, I wanted to do a lot of things that I didn't get to do. I felt like half of my life had been stolen from me. And you know how it is in the U S you can't go to college easily after you start working. Exactly. You know, and so
0: I can see a lot of Norwegians just saying, well, go to college now. Well, yeah, here in Norway, you know, it's an well, easy thing to do back home.
1: I, I think different story to our, to our lovely Norwegian audience. Um, and they are lovely. We love the, you. The cost of a U.S. education at a college is about the same price as your house.
0: Just to so, put things in perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: we don't have loan accounts. We have loan sharks. <laughs> <laughs> loan shark <shark-akassen, laughs> You know, That's what we have, you know. Anyway, um, but so, you know, a lot of times people feel very angry and they say things. Um, sometimes things are taken out of context. I see. I see. Uh, and a lot of times it's just word of mouth. I mean, right hear things and they, they right. say. But um, what they do do... Um, <laughs> They, they push for donations mm. all the time. You know, you have to give, you have to give. No, I never did.
0: Do they set a percentage of your income?
1: No, they don't. It's
0: not a tithing type no. of thing? They mm-hmm. just say, they Gi- just give.
1: They just infomercial you to death mm. with their message during the meetings, during during these uh, conventions, during these smaller assemblies. Yeah. It's always, you know, give, give to the organization, give to the organization. And, and, you know, I mean, I did a little bit, but. Uh, I know I know some who did a lot. Yeah. there 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 are also stories out there where, um, and this this is kind of tragic. But in 1975, they the organization had another one of their shakeups because someone somewhere in their higher ups suggested in a rather strong way that 1975 was going to be the end of the world. Okay. Now they claim they didn't do it, but. If you go back and look at the literature that was put out at the time. Was it pretty clear? It was pretty clear that yeah. they were heavily suggesting 1975. They didn't come out and say, it, this is when it's going to be. But they really geared it towards that. And I know of some people that um, sold their house.
0: Gave because all they the, were true believers. They
1: were true believers. They, they sold their house. They, they gave all their money to the organization. Everything. And then 75 came and went, and nothing.
0: And I wonder what those people felt. Uh,
1: I I think um, um, you've heard the term conniption. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that was probably what they were feeling.
0: Can you remember what kind of rhetoric then or explanation that the, the that the elders put out then to uh, no, explain? No, this, this was before my time. This was before your time, um, and, yeah.
1: When I would have been in, in 76, 77, I do remember hearing people talk about it. Yeah. But um, you're probably too young to really. I was too young yeah. to really pay attention to it. Yeah. And, but I remember my mom saying things like, well, it doesn't matter if they were wrong because we we have to do what they say, especially when they're not right, because it's better to be obedient than it is See, to be correct
0: and far be it for me to decide how people practice their religion but i've I, i've always questioned this certain 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 sections of christianity who put so much power in the individual men who are supposedly leading this religion i don't see anywhere in the bible where neither jesus nor his disciples were having so much control over people's lives i just don't see how did and again i'm just questioning i'm not condemning i'm questioning i I don't understand where they probably were their justification for giving so much power to individuals probably not in
1: in the new testament when the old testament was full of that right you had the you had the davidic kings you had moses you had all of the prophets you know so they they had a lot of i i would say that that that, that model, is very much in line. That's with,
0: more rooted in the Old Testament. Yeah, of in the course. Old Testament, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but going back to going back to me, so I, I had this this goal of going to this to this organization, uh, or going to Bethel uh, to New York, and of course, trying. How old to, are you at this time? Me? No, at the time. Oh, you're at the time, um, probably about fifteen. Okay. Or so, and I remember. Um, that's when I came to the conclusion, okay, I need to be baptized now because I I wasn't before that. And so my brother and I got baptized at the same time. I think we were about, I was about 15, I think. Uh, It was somewhere in there. And But see, once you become baptized, now you're locked in. You must do every single thing they say Yeah. because they hold you to that. Because if you're baptized and you're disobedient, they can kick you out. Yeah, and when I say you get kicked out, what does you that get mean? shunned. You, you, you've you've seen these these movies of of these crazy religions where yeah. they basically medievalish, medieval yeah, and they, times, they don't uh, talk to them. They have yeah. nothing to do with them. That's, that's what we're what talking it is, about. Yeah, you know, um, shunning is is um, it's a horrible thing. They they say, well, we're doing this because we love you. We want you to come back to us. Yeah, um, but that's not.
0: Well, I can imagine how horrible that would be to be shunned like that. You know, we were far from fanatic Christians, but we went to church on Sundays, but it wasn't just the, the uh, religious gathering, but there were also friendships that were mm-hmm. made. Yeah. So we're talking about so a part of a social life yeah. and then to have that suddenly cut off, just, that is no small thing.
1: And, but it's not just, friends. it's not just friends, it's family it's, it's, as well. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so, I mean, if you, if you have a job where you're working with, because a lot of the witnesses have their own companies, you lose your job too. You know, it's, it can be quite, quite bad. Well, anyway, so I'm about 15. I decide I want to do this and I had my share of problems. Every, every teenager growing up is, does dumb things. Sure. I did my dumb things too. And just, it was a little bit more probably tame compared to Uh non-believers. Yeah. But, um, I remember we we lived in uh, Washington, D.C. at the time, and the, um, there was this one elder there. He just did not like me. I don't know why. Um, I never did anything to him, but he got it in his head that he was going to run me out. Okay. And so huh. I, I remember one Sunday after the meeting, I got pulled into the library, and he and two other elders basically just... I don't even remember what it was about. Wow. I mean, it's a long time ago, but, yeah. um, they, they basically counseled me about something I didn't do. And I said, but I didn't huh. do, I, yeah. like, I didn't do this. And they, they kept saying, you know, on and on, well, you know, others have said you blah, blah, blah. And you have to the, I went home and told my mom cause I was pretty mad. Sure. And, and she was like, well, this is a test of faith.
0: I was just going to say, could this be some sort of convoluted, uh, twisted test of sorts?
1: And I said, I don't care. This is not. This is injustice. It's not right. Yeah. You know, I I was treated unjustly. Yeah. Now She she had, she had words with this man uh, later, but my dad, who still wasn't uh, wasn't uh, interested, he basically said, ah, "Just quit going." <laughs> I wish I had listened. Yeah. But I didn't. Um, So I started having doubts. I guess I was probably about 18 at this point. Um, And then the gossip started.
0: Oh, about you?
1: About me. Um, Apparently, I have it on good authority that I'm an asshole (laughs) because I did a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't even know I did. Yeah. And all this gossip is coming to me. And I'm like, where is this coming from? You know, and (sighs) once the gossip mill starts then the friends start pulling away from you.
0: Sure, it's that way in life in general, but especially in an organization like Jehovah's Witness with their rules that they have.
1: And so I just basically said, you know what? Um, I just went into coast mode. I no longer was really very interested in going to Bethel or serving or anything like that. Um, I was working at the time, I worked at Xerox. Um, I I learned um, graphic art. Um, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. So yeah. I, I, I learned that I was doing that in some office work and things. And so, um, I had a, a an okay job. Um, I still had some friends. Um, I would still go to the, the meetings because yeah. I had to, because I lived at home and my mom required it of me. Um, uh, but, um, I really wasn't gung ho about it anymore. Right. And then I guess a few years, well, a couple of years later, I met this, um, I met this girl, uh, as we all tend to do, and from time to time. Yeah, um,
0: I haven't met a girl since two thousand and two though. So, uh. Uh,
1: it, <laughs> it, hello, Snoopy. She'll cut yeah, me. She's got the knife. She'll cut me. But um, anyway, this um, this particular this particular girl was not baptized. Uh, her mother was, but okay. she was not. And they were studying with her. And since I'm baptized, I'm not supposed to date her. Oh, really? Mm
0: they're nope. that strict they're about
1: that it? strict you're not wow. supposed to do it. Now you can do it, right? but they'll
0: frown on it.
1: Oh, they more than frown. Okay. They take your privileges away. So, well, hold on,
0: hold on, privileges.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't really talked about that. I'm sorry we? we're bouncing all over yeah. the place, but this is just fascinating you, to hear. As these. a as a man, you have privileges. Women don't.
0: And that was on my list of questions. Yeah. What is the difference between is there any gender uh,
1: Oh, yeah. Um, apparently, one must have the holy penis to serve God. The holy penis. Yes. Go figure why. But so you have
0: privileges if you're a man that you won't have if you're a woman. Right. For example, privileges.
1: You can give, uh, get up and give public talks where, like on Sunday, they have an hour-long talk. They have, so ladies,
0: if you're a talker?
1: You don't get to do it. Can't do it. Now, during their ministry school where mm. they teach you how to do this uh, preaching work, that that's usually like on a Thursday night or something. Yeah. You can have a five minute talk, but you have to be sitting down.
0: <laughs> but but you have to be sitting down. Yeah. You
1: cannot okay. lead any meetings if you're leading a meeting and a and a man is present. You must cover your head.
0: You must cover your yeah. head.
1: It has to do with. I didn't
0: know there were any rules about head yeah, uh, covering. Head in, in, uh, Only
1: if there's a man present, though. Interesting. That's a um, new one for me. It has to do I don't remember where it's it's something the apostle Paul wrote. I think it's in Romans somewhere where it says that. Um you I we, I'll show you later. Um but it's it's a silly rule, right? Um but so if you're a man, you basically get to do everything. Um the they they make a big deal out of all these, you know, you get to get up and give talks. Um they have a few you can do, you can you can um the elders are the, the highest rank in the local congregation, mm-hmm. but then they have an, a junior rank called ministerial servant. Okay. And you, you help with um, basically the work of running a congregation. Um, privileges even of carrying microphones. Uh, yeah. Adjusting the microphone on the stage for the uh, the, the person giving the talks. Yeah. yeah. And they, they hold this out like this is such a great privilege for you. I mean, carrying a microphone is a great yeah, I'm, privilege. I'm, I'm
0: trying to get my head around that. Where is there a thread that they can weave that leads back to some passages in the Bible that would justify these types of things?
1: Oh, I'm sure there is. I <laughs> if it Nothing comes to mind. My, my, my mind would probably just strangle see, my head see, if see, I tried yeah, to think See, and this it goes it. back
0: to my thing about the... the the religion is being overshadowed by the personal
1: agendas.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's less biblical and more worldly. And Ooh, that is what I'm not understanding.
1: There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, the privileges, I, right, I didn't get to do those things. What a shock, you know, <laughs> I didn't really want to do that anyway. So yeah. it's great. I mean, yeah, I'm into the conservation of energy, my energy to be specific. So yeah. if I get to be lazy, that's <laughs> that's a great thing. But um uh, but everyone is expected to do the ministry work. So Okay. You know, men and women. Men and women and children. Yes, so, you
0: you mentioned that and children. Oh, oh,
1: uh praying is another, leading the congregation in prayer. That's that's a man only thing. Okay. So uh but anyway, the, um, so because I I I was uh wanting to date this girl. Um, and we kind of did date a little bit Mm. we kind of snuck around for a while. Um, I got into all kinds of trouble again. Yeah, And you know, it's, I guess I was probably 20, 21, 22 at this point. And then she ended up moving to live with her mom in Florida and I followed her. You Um, did. I went to, I went to Cape Coral. Um, now was there. her
0: mother practicing Jehovah's Witness?
1: She had quit. She had quit. She actually God. was what they called disfellowshipped. Um, okay. That's when they kick you out. Okay. So we're not supposed to have any contact or anything, but I was there. So. And nobody knew. Wow. Well, yeah, they did. Okay, they, your mother. They knew. Yeah, they. My parents knew. Okay. And they were not happy about it at all. By that time, well, was my your father? And he knew. was kind of starting to become interested.
0: Okay. So you um, had double the pressure then doing this. Not from
1: him at that time.
0: Not yet. Okay. Not, not yet. How did your um, mother react though? She knew and Oh
1: boy, she read me the riot act every time okay. I talked to her. Um and did she
0: snitch on you to the yeah. to the elders. But she did?
1: The, but the thing is, um at this point I lived on my own. Mm. So and no one could prove that I was doing anything wrong according I see. to their rules. Yeah. I mean, okay, I was associating with a girl that I'm not supposed to be associating with, but that's not a capital crime. No. So they, they treated me it, it, the, the term they use is called marking. I was marked, which it means just sounds so, which means I am bad association. <laughs> you know,
2: it
0: just sounds so Gileadish. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: it does. Well, I think were you and I talking about, uh, uh, um, Handmaid's Tale gave me PTSD.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because. And you know what? And I get it.
1: Yeah. I if, do. And, and I've told people this before. If you want to know what the, the kinds of conditions I lived in. Yeah. Minus the handmaids. Yeah. Okay. No sex. Right. Why did I, my mom have to choose a boring cult? I don't know. <laughs> no sex, no drugs, nothing. Right. Just Bible. You know? Anyway.
0: Where's Charles Manson when you need right? him? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, a little tattoo. I mean,
1: but the the if you wanted to know what it was like yeah watch that show as far, far as always, the rigidness uh, the, the, of it the, the totalitarian control,
0: the thought control the, it, the,
1: them telling on everyone yeah the snitching the spying i mean um the 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 severe punishments for small crimes you know not being able to be a natural human being you know that kind of a thing but um also anyway so I guess uh, it, it didn't work out between me and me and and, and the girl. Um, I, I won't identify her because uh, we're still friends today.
0: Good good
1: shes she's my oldest friend actually. okay because she good. actually got married in, in that faith um, and had kids and she also had terrible experiences too yeah. um, and she's she left uh, she I think she left before I did. okay uh, but I ended up moving to San Antonio where my parents were. And about this point, I think, is when my dad started becoming interested and he started studying. And then a few years later, he became a hardliner like my mom.
0: What did that do to or did it do anything to you? Did it affect you in any way? It annoyed when annoyed
2: he... the
1: hell out of me. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it annoyed the hell out it. of me. Did okay. it? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember one time <laughs> he, he wrote on a piece of paper this scripture and he handed it to me. And I looked at it. I don't remember the 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 book and verse, but I remember the words. Yeah, obey your parents in everything. I think it's a proverb or a psalm. Mm. And I looked at him. By this time, I'm 24 years old. Yeah, I'm like you're a few years too late for that, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. You know, the job either but, has
0: been done or has not been done, and that's that.
1: <laughs> but they view it as a literal, we are still your parents. You yeah. must do what we say. And I'm like, right.
0: yeah.
1: The Yep pay for my, how I live? Nope. There's the door, you know?
0: So, so you were able to have that line of thinking, mm. even though you were indoctrinated, if you yeah. will, as a child, mm. what made you different? Because not everyone breaks away like well, that.
1: See, What made you different? <laughs> that, that has been, um, I think when I started breaking away, is when I started understanding who I am as a person. Um, we can get to that in a minute.
0: Um, yeah, because I wonder how you had room to figure yourself uh, out as a person well, when everything is so controlled.
1: Yeah, it's it's not easy to do.
2: Maybe but, you can speak on that later.
0: Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So coming back to, I'm in my early twenties. Um, I finally find this this person that I thought was going to be my wife. Um, I did marry her. Probably the biggest mistake I've ever made. I refer to her as crazy cult wife Oh. because she was yeah. crazy. I mean, I, I learned a, a lesson that um, every young man should learn. Don't marry for looks. <laughs> don't, don't do that. You may, you may think it's a good idea yeah. at the time. Yeah. It's not. Don't do it. Just say no. Um, well,
0: in all seriousness, the best relationships uh, are the, I look at my relationship with Snoopy, you know, we've been together for 21 years mm-hmm. And of course, looks is part of it, but it's far from all of it. And I think that that is key to us making this work almost effortlessly for so long. We found other things about each, you know, she's a fine, she's a fine Norwegian woman, but there's so much more to her than that and luckily for me, I was mature enough and smart enough to see mm. that. And I think it's key to the longevity of, mm. of, of at least my relationship with her. Yeah. I don't know how that works for other people, but yeah. that that multifaceted attraction beyond the physical is important
1: by the way, just mentioning Snoopy yeah. hashtag team Snoopy.
0: Oh God. No, you're a traitor team <laughs> Snoopy for those who may or may not understand this whole thing with Snoopy Snoopy from time to time is on my podcast. So uh, just search my podcast, the coming On podcast with John Allen and then search Snoopy in that search as well. And you'll find a lot of episodes where she's been the oh, guest yeah. and I'm constantly constantly teasing her to the point to where people who I thought were my (laughs) friends have now rallied against me with hashtag team Snoopy.
1: Oh, I I, I can neither confirm. This
0: may or may not be an organized effort. (laughs) You cannot confirm or deny.
1: I I have no recollection. (laughs) Don't, don't play the tape back. (laughs) Don't play play the tape back. um, So anyway, I I guess We were in my (laughs) mid twenties. Um, I married this awful woman. Um, It was a, Terrible, terrible, terrible relationship. She was very violent with me. Um, she really? Was, yeah, but that's um, not the was, subservience that uh, I was a beaten man.
0: But that's not the subservience that, or am I wrong? Uh, d- doesn't Jehovah's Witness teach a certain oh, yeah. subservience You're not supposed that a to woman do that. is supposed? Yeah,
1: but she she had some problems. And okay, above and beyond. Oh, yeah. her. Oh, um, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> the she was very narcissistic, mm. but she had this unbelievable insecurity. I mean, she needed therapy, but see, you can't get therapy. Right. In that, in that faith. They, they look, they are at the it. therapy. Right. You need to speak you to the elders. You must pray more. And, and I, I would go to them and I would say, you know, she's destroying my work equipment. Like she would get mad really? at me. That I would Alex. get paged. Remember when we had pagers, yeah, I would yeah. get paged and I have to go and and fix something at yeah. work. And she would get so angry and she would, she took my, she, she destroyed it a couple of times by throwing it into the wall. And I had to go and I had to, I had to go to my boss and say, I need a new pager. And he's like, well, what happened to it? I'm like, do I really have to tell oh, you? Man. And he's like, you do. And so I told him and he looked at me, he's like, dude, why are you in that relationship?
0: Any woman who was in that kind of a relationship with a man would be advised to, to leave well, for her she, own
1: protection. She would hit me. She would just do all kinds of, she would just oh, aim at me just nonstop. Terrible. You know, and how many years were you together? Well, you're not allowed to divorce either. Oh. So I got married at 24 when I was done um, because she pulled a kitchen knife on me. I, you know, I like to cook. Yeah, so I have some yeah, big knives yeah. and she pulled a kitchen knife on me. Um, and I I looked at her and I'm like, whatever you're going to do, you got one shot make it count. Yeah. And but instead, she went into the bathroom and locked the door and started screaming that she was going to kill herself. And you know, at this point, I had already—I just—I was so tired of it. I said something rather immature, like, "Well, can you get in the bathtub so it's easier to clean up?" You know. But I left the next day. Yeah, you did. I did. I left the next day.
0: Did but, you have any fear about the repercussions from? Oh yeah, absolutely. The absolutely.
1: Yeah. Because um, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that, right? Well, actually, back up a little bit six months before that happened um see remember with the privileges and all that kind of a thing i was doing pretty well yeah i never got promoted i was reaching out for it yeah but i was always overlooked right never never considered and i always wondered why um anyway we we had the 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 tuesday meeting it's a it's like a one hour long meeting where you go through a publication We had it at my house. Okay. Because that's a privilege, right? Yeah. And we usually, we would make it like the social people would stay afterwards and we'd have some wine and some snacks and just, you know, basically chill out and have, you know, and just, just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Well, (laughs) one night, um, uh, my house got shot up. Drive-by shooting. Oh, wow. Um, Just a fluke thing, right? Yeah. Um, I almost got, I actually almost got killed in it. I had gotten up in the middle of the night to, I had to use the bathroom. And when I came back to bed, as I sat down in my bed, the wall above my head about that much. About an
0: inch or so. Wow.
1: Turned out to be, um, someone went through my neighborhood with an AK 47. Wow. And they were shooting at cars and they, they happened to be shooting at my neighbor's cars yeah, and they missed and it hit my bedroom. Uh, Well, because of that, um, the people in, in, that were coming to my home suddenly decided that where there's smoke, there's fire. So I must be doing something. And this crazy woman I was married to was saying all kinds of bad things about me anyway. And so terrible. they, they said, okay, we're, you can't have the meeting there anymore. And then her, she started becoming more and more violent and, and unhinged. And, I, and I'm like, I, I'm out. I, I Either I, too much. I'm yeah. either going to kill myself yeah. or, or she's going to kill me. Yeah. Um, and so you, you cannot live in that kind of a situation you for very long. You just can't.
0: Did you guys have any kids? No.
1: No. On okay. purpose. Yeah. She wanted them, but, but you no knew. way. You knew. There's no way I'm going to be chained to this woman. Yeah. Right? No way. Yeah. Uh, so I left. I went to my, um, I went to my mom's house. I stayed with them for a little while until I realized this is a huge mistake. Yeah. Because they kept pushing me. Oh, you live here now. You have to go to the meetings, and you have to this. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm just. You were out at that point. You were done. I cannot deal with this. You know, and so uh, I've uh, got smart and moved um, into my own apartment. And that apartment, I lived there for two years. Um, to me, it's still sanctuary. You know, because I I would. Yeah, I just stayed at home. I started playing online games. That's when MMOs were really a big yeah. deal, and I discovered yeah. them. And I'm like, "This is great, yeah, because I can socialize yeah. and play yeah. and not go out yeah. of the house." You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you see, I'm when I say I left the cult, I found a loophole. Okay. In those days, it's called fading away. In those days they didn't have the concept that people could just stop going. Right. I just stopped going. I never signed a paper. Right. That said, I don't want to be one of the, you know, you know, go do whatever to yourself. And they never kicked me out. No. I just didn't go anymore. And so I started doing a bunch of research um, as people tend to do. Uh, The internet is such a killer for, for cults like this, you know, um, that's when I started learning a bunch of stuff that I didn't know before. Uh, and it's from a bunch of people like me yeah, who had basically been sold a bill of goods their whole life. Or they so knew you're something reading only... their stories. Yeah, I'm reading their stories. And
0: seeing how similar they and were.
1: And there are a lot of people that are still in that faith that are feeding information. You know, oh, it says it in this book. Because they have a lot of private things, like the elders' books. Oh, yeah. The rank and file isn't we'll allowed see to it. see. No, they're not allowed that it's control I, 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 of I, I, information, right? Stephen Hassan has a very it's good following the yeah, he, he, very definition of a cult. He has a very, very good model called the bite model, which talks about control.
0: What's his name against us? Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hassan. Doc, Dr. Stephen Hassan. People yep. look him up. I'm going to,
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. The, the yep.
1: bite model is all about controlling behavior, information, thought, and emotion,
0: behavior, information, thought, and emotion—you control that. You control the person. You control the narrative. You have power. Basically, yeah, you have
1: power. And I guess I—I I had been exposed to Doctor Hassan at that time. Um, actually, I don't think he was a PhD at that time. But a lot of people—he had written a book, and a lot of people were circulating that book. And I read some of it, but I—I I just I couldn't I couldn't come to terms with the fact that if this is true, then I was I was in a cult. Right. Right. And so I kind of shied away from it, and because
0: again, cult has that ugly connotation.
1: Right. And so I basically fled and just repressed everything. Okay. Then I, with work, I managed to get a job in England. So I got the hell out of Dodge. Right. I didn't know you lived in yeah, England. I lived okay. in London for two years. And how
0: old were you then? By this time,
1: thirty-three, I guess. Okay. You know, thirty-three. So, so now at this point,
0: you've, you've, in your mind, you're done. There's yeah. been no formal declaration. You haven't signed any papers, so to speak. Um, but how is your, f- your oh, parents taking this? Majorly because by now I'm sure you're not going to any meetings. Nope. You're no longer active. They You've are
1: majorly applying pressure to me. Okay. Um, constant and, well, yeah, or periodic? Much. No, constant. You know, my, my mom and I would argue all the time on the phone. And I mean, I, I would have friends, these, these friends, friends, um, very conditional. They <laughs> they would see me in the store. Yeah. And then just turn their heads and walk
0: away. So there's that I hadn't done anything. Right.
1: Right? I so hadn't there's done anything that
0: destruction of the fabric yeah. of your social life, yeah. not just forget about religious mm. and in the church or the organization, but also your social life.
1: Yeah. So, so, well, you know, the, uh, I guess it really upset So it probably me.
0: felt good then to go to England.
1: Yeah. Cause I got completely out of it. Right. Uh, well I lived there for two years. Um, I ended up getting married to my Norwegian wife, um, because we got pregnant with my first child, Ah. but then I got transferred back to San Antonio.
0: Oh, so you were in the same company when you got this job to to England. Okay.
1: I'm like, Oh no, how's this going to go? Yeah. So we moved back. Um, it wasn't long before the religious pressure started up again and it, it was pretty strong and Were
0: you living close to your parents at this time? Same city, or
1: they lived outside of San Antonio, maybe okay. thirty minute drive. Or okay, so. um, and you know my brother lives next door to them, and and they they kind of would because of my now ex wife, um, they didn't put on their worst show in I see. front of her. I see, um, but they did to me, and, and yeah. she didn't. You know, she didn't. Understand stand cults at all and she's like well just tell them to stop doing that it's like that's not how very
0: pragmatic norwegian approach to it that's not how
1: zealots think you know you you can't can't do that and i remember one time um, i got so mad at my mom i said you know what I, i don't need this i don't need you yeah and i didn't speak to her for a year wow and they ended up forcing their way over it's like a year later they came over to the house
0: but for a period and i don't know maybe this happened several times uh, for a period you it, it literally tore you away from your family
1: yeah well we're we're back there again <laughs> are you
0: back there again yeah. okay well
1: so uh, long story can you, short can you
0: grab me the coffee oh yeah would you please do you need me to fill it for you yeah would you my defunct left arm here
1: one moment please
0: one moment please for the, oh, you got to twist that on the top. Oh yeah. No, there it goes. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast platform, uh, remember, please check the links in the description of this episode. If you would like to support the work that I do. See, I got to plug myself. Nobody else is going to do it. Snoopy doesn't even know the name of this podcast. Back to this, you and you team Snoopy minions. Uh, who's going to plug it for me? Certainly not Snoop, not not Snoopy. She doesn't even know the name of the podcast.
1: I I only heard you say Team Snoopy. What was the oh, rest? Oh boy!
0: #TeamSnoopy the
1: Peanuts teacher. Hey, She's got knives. I don't I, know. It's like you know, you, you're just you're big, but your arms don't work. She's got knives. I got an
0: arm so. that doesn't work. She's got knives in both hands.
1: Mm. Um. Anyway, so to make a long story short, uh, more or less, we we had this truce, and because okay. they, they wanted to. See their grandchildren. And so we Uh, would see them maybe once a month or something. We would go over there for dinner or sometimes they would come over.
0: You had two kids by this time? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, And it was always, we would talk about just some, you know, typical, you know, just, uh, uh, the word just... Boop, popped right out of my head. I
0: like just flat things like yeah, not just, re- nothing of content just, really just to kind of get just, along for the sake of the how's kids. How's the weather maybe? this yeah.
1: and that, you know, yeah. small talk. That's small the what talk, I was looking yeah. for. Yeah.
0: That must be an uncomfortable situation to be in with your parents.
1: Yeah. Well, I. it's, it's, it was actually, um, I can see it being very like that disturbing. With, yeah, I can you see know,
0: being that way with a colleague at work or uh, it's an old friend who maybe has done you wrong or something, but this is your parents. And it would
1: always turn into the religious pitch. Yeah. Right. Oh, so and so at the church did this and oh, so and so did that. And oh, yeah. and so and so was asking for you, and then oh, we learned this the other day, and oh and then we had this new da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it always turned into that. And I'm yeah. just like you know, whatever. You know, but um the um, we ended up then, we moved to Austin for about a year. And then uh, that was in 2008 when the yeah. financial collapse and, and it, was, it was bad. I lost my job again. And then we came here, came to in Norway. 2008, hmm. yeah. And I had not- um, You got the heck
0: out of Dodge at the yeah. right time because people were really getting slammed economically in the States right around then.
1: We, their we, homes we and sold our house. Uh, we were fortunate to sell the house. Did you do well with the sale? I made money. Beautiful. Good. I made $15.
0: Oh. oh, what a slap in the <laughs> face. Oh, my gosh.
1: But at least I didn't know. But at least,
0: so. I was just going to say, at least it didn't ruin you yeah. with, with lifelong yeah.
1: debt. Because um, people
0: really got hurt. Yeah, man. it was bad, bad. So you came to Norway mm. in 2008 and you had No, no, 2010. 2010. And you hadn't really resolved this... thing well this situation
1: to make matters worse i mean during the 2007 2008 period of time uh, with all of that pressure being applied to me yeah um i I basically i had a break you know i had to take off from my work because i I just couldn't function anymore and so i i had to I, i went i'll never forget this i drove to the hospital i drove myself I um, <clears throat> went in for a psychological evaluation. I walked you into a room. You told you needed a psychological. Yes. Okay. I said, I need, I said, I need help because I'm not suicidal, but I don't, I, I don't feel like I should be living. You know, I'm not, if I die, it's not a problem.
0: You, and you had no purpose. You were no living purpose, an empty nothing. life with no purpose. And no, you didn't have any goals at that time. No. You didn't see any hope for a better no. life in the future. No.
1: And all of this pressure was just weighing on me so bad, and so I, they, you, you walk in the room and they lock the door. Yeah, you know that's creepy. Right? Yeah. But the the doctor came. They they examined me and everything. They said, look, you know, okay, they understood the situation and they said I need to get uh, a, a good psychiatrist and I need to get a good psychologist, and they sent me on my way. And so okay, so, sent you back home. In other yeah. words, yeah. The next day, I called and got uh, an appointment, and this is what changed my life. This doctor that I went to, um, he's got to be dead by now. He was nine thousand years old when I saw him. (laughs) Those giant old man ears, right? But (laughs)
0: what is that? Men are cursed. The older we get, the bigger our ears get. Yeah. I look at pictures of me. I think I have small ears. They're <laughs> definitely bigger than they were 10, 15 yeah. years
1: ago. And, what is that, man? Well, that just means we have more privileges, right? Well, there we go. But, um, <laughs> the um, So I, I went to see him. Um, his name was Dr. Ed Alderett. And he was on some, in medical center in San Antonio. And so I drove up and, and basically, you know, I, we went through the whole testing and all this stuff. And, and, he basically helped me understand what the problem was. Oh. The problem wasn't that I have all this pressure and I can't function and all this. That's not the problem. That's the symptom. Yeah. The problem is my entire system of thought was geared to a cult that I no longer belonged in. My entire train of thinking was going the wrong way.
0: You were conditioned to think the way Jehovah's Witness, that organization, wanted you to think. Yeah. And now you're no longer in that organization and you have yet to have found a new way of processing right. things, a new way of expressing yourself. You were still in that.
1: I was stuck in that thinking. I was still thinking I was, I was going quite to Quite the problem. I yeah. was still thinking yeah. that... God is expecting me to do all these things. I was still thinking that the world is black and white.
0: So you thought you were just the mega sinner of the 20th century. More or less.
1: 21st century. Then that put me on a new path. Um, Now that I understand what the problem is, then I started looking on how to solve it. Yeah. What did you come up with? I went to college. There you go. The best class... I have ever taken in my life, critical thinking, hmm. critical thinking saved my life, really did. How so?
0: I know the value of critical thinking. How did you apply it to help yourself?
1: Basically, every time I have a feeling or I receive information and I react a certain way, I ask myself, why do I feel like this? Yeah. Where, why am I being triggered? In, in, down, why? Why am I going down this thought or, or this train of thought and nine times out of 10, it was, it, I could trace it back to something from the cult. And so I started rooting that out. Um, I still, uh, it's, it's, I'm not going to say I'm cured by any means. Um, but, um, the, well, like cure, cured, cured of a, what? Cured of, of what? Cult what do you thinking? see as
0: your, okay. Cult thinking is the diagnosis, if you will. Yeah. That's, that is what you are suffer have been suffering from and still are suffering from,
1: um, to a, to a, to a degree now it's much, much, much better. Um, but I still suffer from, from things like (laughs) I can uh, give you Alana's phone number, my lovely partner, hashtag team Alana.
0: She's yeah. I spoke with her uh, very briefly on the phone while you were showing what Um, he was washing um, his ass before he came here. I have my standards, you know,
1: (laughs) Um, she's awesome. She's just so awesome. But um,
0: we're blessed to have good women.
1: But the thing is, we are conditioned in the cult to seek external approval. Uh huh. Approval is supposed to come from within. But, but here,
0: you've got to please the elders. You've you got have to please, please the everyone,
1: right? Everyone except yourself. And so sometimes I still get into this mode where it's like, you know, she'll, Alana will say something to me. Uh, this just, just a normal thing. And then yeah. suddenly I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I, I'm being disapproved. Uh, and it's, ugh,
2: it, it's but see, that's to be
0: Well, it's of course it is. And that's to be expected because you've you've lived your entire life, you know, from the time you were seven, eight years old up until, you know, you were in your 30s before you made, I was going to say a clean getaway.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, that's a long yeah. time. That is a long time to think a started, certain way.
1: I started college in 37 when I was 37. Um, I graduated shortly after we moved here so the it it it's been it's been an interesting road, but critical thinking has also helped me learn why I never got promoted. You asked me earlier how how do you how did you have this room for for thinking in this? yeah because I learned at at the very at my very core. I question everything. Yeah. I'm a nonconformist by nature. Yeah. Uh, to me. It's a long I,
0: time to have that suppressed.
1: I need to have an answer for things. Mm-hmm. If I say, why do I have to do this? Because I say so. It's not is not enough. an answer.
0: No, definitely
2: yeah. not.
1: And so I see that in my children. Yeah. You know, and and it's coming to that conclusion. It's like, wow, well, well, no wonder, yeah. you know because they probably knew I wasn't going to toe the line, you know, uh, and, and this particular group of men in, in that congregation at the time, it was total cult personality. Right. The one guy who was running it had been running it for a long time. And he had this, he had this, uh, ridiculous son that he was grooming to take over uh. Uh, his place. And this guy was the typical silver spoon in the mouth. He got to drive a Porsche, and no one else got to. Is it, it almost
0: a hereditary type of thing that the, uh, the, the, I, I don't, the elders are going to pass that position no, on to? Within no. a, it does, so it's not like a family, no, like.
1: Uh, no. No. it wasn't that one. Okay, but uh, that's not my normal experience because no. I've been in a lot of congregations, and, and that, one, it, that one, it was the, it was it was that one. Okay, uh, the funny thing was, all those men got removed. Really, so, yeah, really? Um, I, if, I don't know why, but okay. I was going to
0: ask you why I very often men in those positions, you know, you, you might see the televangelist who is a, uh, you know, he's breathing fire and brimstone and hellfire, uh, on homosexuality, for example. Yeah. And then it comes out that he himself mm. is a homosexual or even worse, oh, a yeah. homosexual pedophile. Yeah. There's a lot of hip- hypocrisy, um, well, you that can that. be that that can be found within you, you the s- leadership of certain congregations. You saw that
1: video. Um, that's what sparked your interest in, in this discussion. Um, there's a lot of that in that faith. Okay, they don't like to admit it, but it's there. But it's there. It's there. Um, and I and, wonder what that is. What uh, is that? I mean, they uh, they have this um, cults like that collect broken people. Sure, and sometimes broken people do some pretty heinous things, you know, Yeah. but, um, and there's all kinds of other reasons, but, um,
0: What what do you say though to a, uh, Jehovah's witness, um, good guy, good lady, uh, they haven't done any of these things, uh, openly to suppress people or to, uh, to negatively influence children as happened to you. What do you say to them? Uh, when they say this isn't a cult, this is my religion.
1: I generally don't engage with them. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. um well there's a reason for that, right? Cuz I heard all this growing up too. Yeah. People would say, "Oh, you're in a cult, you're in a cult." And what
0: what, what was your answer to that?
1: Again, they did our thinking for us, right? Yeah. Um one of our assemblies, they gave us this this book. I don't remember the name of it, but it's this it's called Reasoning on the Scriptures or I forget, but it's this brown book about that thick. And anytime anyone raised an objection, In our ministry work, we were supposed to open the book and turn to that page, and there's a and there's an answer. There's
0: a speech to give, yeah,
1: and that's kind of when when you're dealing with people who are programmed like this. There's there's no point in having the discussion.
0: Can you remember any of those comebacks that you're supposed to give in certain situations? That'd be real interesting to know.
1: Um, they call them conversation stoppers. I don't remember exactly anymore. It's been a long time. I, I, when I left, I threw all the literature away. Sure. I kind of wish I kept some of it because what I've learned too is that, um, they go back and change their, um, their literature sometimes they'll say something and then it gets, you know, completely blown up or or whatever. And then they change it in a next edition. And they'll say, oh, we don't say that. See, it says it right here. But then everyone on the internet is like, uh, yeah, but here's the previous edition. But see, to me, here's that speaks
0: to the, and this doesn't, this isn't just for Jehovah's Witness, but this is for religion in general. That speaks to the corruption mm. of what religion is supposed to be about.
1: But again... Why going, would you
0: have the need to go in, and I'm not condemning, I'm just questioning, but why yeah. would you have the need to go in and change your... to change your literature, to change the way in which you present
1: your religion. Well, since you brought that up. Funny story. Remember that 1914 date? 1914. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's supposedly when the end started. Yeah. Or or the time of the end, whatever. I don't remember what The beginning of the end times. Yes. You want to know where that date came from? Where'd
0: that come from? Because
1: I kept asking that question. Well, oh, there's this long prophecy. All these prophecies are supposed to memorize and it has, has something to do with the Gentile times and all this, there's scriptures and Daniel and all these other goofy books. And you, you count the number of days that were listed as like 2,520 days. Yeah. And then there's a biblical principle called a day for a year. So mm-hmm. it's 2,520 years from the time Jerusalem was destroyed or I don't remember something like that. And that supposedly brings you to 1914. Gotcha. Here's the problem. Yeah. Historians are like Jerusalem wasn't destroyed on that date, right? It was. I don't remember if it was before or after, but it was a pretty significant difference. But nope, 1914. That's the date. Their their chronology is correct, and everyone else is wrong. But I got a hold of one of my one of the older publications one time. Yeah, because I remember because I kept saying um, the guy who started effectively started the faith is a guy named Charles Taze Russell look like a goofy Quaker with oatmeal beard and everything i mean like you see <laughs> Quaker you know, oatmeal <laughs> yeah i mean just total yeah. you know yeah. this was in the the mid to late 1800s he wrote all these books and i remember as, as when i was interested in this stuff i was like oh i'd like to see i'd like to read what he wrote yeah, sure sure they were like mm, no nah, you, you don't really want to do that and i'm interesting. like well why not very interesting well you know you have all these other things to read now you should yeah. read those and, but no, I wanted it. So I got a hold of one of them.
0: Let me guess. You found a lot in there that wasn't I matching with what you were currently being taught.
1: Something in there about the date 14. Oh. He wrote this massive volume set. I don't know. It's like 10 volumes or something. Um, it's called Studies in the Scriptures or something. I don't remember. But um, they have a lot of the same kind of names with their books. <laughs> but um, it had. I don't remember exactly how it's worded, but he came up with the date 1914 because it had something to do with the number of steps in the great pyramid of Giza. Hello. Okay. What does that have to do with anything? But that's where the date originally came from. And then later, because they had been saying it for so long, when he was no longer running the organization. This other real hardliner guy came in in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. That's when, I mean, witnesses used to celebrate Christmas. They used to smoke. They used to take blood transfusion, all this thing. When this guy came in, I don't remember his name. When he came in, all of that stopped.
0: See, and again, and that speaks to mankind taking over something that is supposed to be spiritual but it's being crafted to fit Mm. this thing that gives the individual more control over the minions and I don't I just don't see where that fits into Christianity or religion period I don't I don't get it
1: yeah I just don't get it side note um, where Russell came up with his his stuff wasn't his idea either oh he was an associate of this guy named William Miller who he had this kind of goofy religion going on in the 1800s, um, which actually stemmed from some French, I think they were called millennialists or something from the 1790s. So all this stuff that I had been taught starts to unravel. Right. You know, and oh my God, it made me so angry because I'm thinking. You were
0: living your life according to this.
1: But my life is, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. Yeah. And it's like, Half my life is over. Yeah. And I'm not going to get that back. Right. right?
0: And you live that life basically under teachings that you now find to be, if not outright false, you see at least a little bit of controversy, a little bit of
1: doublespeak, a little bit of hypocrisy. It's like there's so many things I wanted to do that I didn't get to do. Right. Well, I had trouble with this, right? Sure. It was hard. Sure. It was hard. But one day I woke up. And I really wasn't that mad anymore because I started to realize that not everything that I experienced was bad. And right? I was going
0: to ask you, can if yeah. you can list up or tell me about some things that are good about being a Jehovah's witness?
1: <laughs> um, well, one of the things that they teach is loyalty. Yeah. Uh, I'm very loyal to my partners. Always have been. I've, to me to even think about being disloyal to my partner is
0: unthinkable unthinkable
1: um so i I appreciate that from them um but uh, nothing really else (laughs) from from the teachings (laughs) yeah but (laughs) i realized that i am where i am today because of the path i went down i have two great kids yeah um i am now with the woman I have waited my entire life for, you know, and isn't that a good feeling? Yeah, it's amazing. And I live in Norway now, and as much as I make fun of Norwegian food, I actually love living here. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not gonna leave unless they make me leave, and if I keep making fun of the food, they might. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, if
0: Team Snoopy gets any bigger, I might have to leave. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, but so, um, but it's, I didn't. Get to do the things I wanted to do in the way I wanted to do it. Right, them. right. But I've actually had a pretty good career. I that you into, have. Yeah. I went into programming yeah. without a college degree. Think about that's that. hard. Yeah, right. It's almost unheard of. I happened to be in the right place at the right time, yeah. and I took advantage of my opportunities. Um, I, this was in the nineties, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a doctor. I used. I, I get migraines from time to time, and. He basically, this was when I was having a lot of trouble with, with a crazy cold wife and, um, you know, he, he did, he did all his tests and everything. And he's basically, all right, this is your problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and the job I had, I didn't like, I was bored. He says, you are an abstract creative person. You need a creative outlet. The job you have isn't cutting it. So your body is telling you, you need to do something else. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, well, okay, what are my options? And he says, well, you can get another job, yeah. but there's no guarantee you can because you don't have a college degree right? and you might uh, find something. It's the same situation. I said, okay, what's option number two? He says, option number two is we give you medication for the migraines. He says, but that doesn't really, that yeah. just addresses the symptoms, yeah. you know, and there's side effects and is there a, what's option number three? He says, change your attitude. Oh. I'm like, what? I'm like 25 years old punk. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm like, give me the damn pills. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I thought about it. And, and a couple of days later, I noticed, um, we had at my company, we had needs that our department wasn't getting filled from the IT department. And so I went down and I asked him, can you show me how to do this? Uh-huh. And they said, oh, okay. And so then That's a st- good display of initiative. I started learning. Yeah. And then I, I basically took that to the next step. Right. I went and got a bunch of books. I taught myself how to do a bunch of things. And lo and behold, I ended up with a job at Citibank as a programmer. Yeah. And then I moved on into other things and, and my professional life began. I'm, I'm a little fortunate um that I stumbled into a niche. Yeah. That, <laughs> timing. Oh. Yeah. It it kind of helps with work here. Sure. Um in, in Norway. I mean You
0: travel a lot, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tiring. Well,
0: tiring or exciting?
1: When you go to the airport here in Gardemo and, and you go through security and they recognize you. <laughs> yeah. It might be a little too much. But yeah. so corona was a blessing for that. And to, yeah. the travel is not gonna be like that anymore. But no. But in any event, um, I did get the job I wanted. I did get to go to college. Yeah. Just not how I wanted to go. Right. But I got the value out of it. And I still take classes.
0: So can I guess a little bit or presume, uh, you don't look at all of those years as a member of, uh, as a Jehovah's Witness. You don't look at that and wish it never happened. You look at it for what it is. It was a rough time for you. It was a confusing time, damaging in some mm-hmm. ways.
1: Many ways. But
0: it still brought you. It to brought where you, me, are. and you're a happy man. And you're a happy yeah. man now. Yeah. Critical thinking. Mm-hmm. We. I don't think we talked enough about that. You mm-hmm. said critical thinking save your life.
2: Yep.
0: Talk a little bit more about that because um, I'm a proponent of uh, you know if if I could bottle. Mm-hmm critical thinking. I would give it away to people yeah. <laughs> for free. Uh, we can never have enough of that. Uh, I'll say the opposite. We have far too little of it today. Yeah. And when you look at the soci- socio-political situation, yeah. not just here in Norway, but back home in the United yeah. States, maybe especially back home in the United States.
1: Especially in Texas.
0: You know what? Texas is, yeah, we're going to talk about Texas. <laughs> uh, no, we're not. That's another podcast. I do yep. want to ask you about yep. that. I, I just want to say already, I want to have you back. Oh, we're not going to get through yeah. <laughs> everything that's on my mind now yeah. because it seems like every sentence you say is leading me to, mm-hmm. as you can see, I don't have any questions prepared yep. because mm-hmm. I knew my, my curiosity yeah. was going to make this conversation yeah. last as long as it has. But t- tell me in a, in, a, in a few minutes, if you can, critical thinking, what did it do for you and how would you identify, I'm sorry, how would you um, define critical thinking. I don't know why I'm having trouble thinking today. I'm thinking in Norwegian and I don't know why I'm doing
1: that. I, I, I'm glad you're not speaking in Norwegian. <laughs> Sorry, Norway, my Norwegian sucks.
0: Well, no, this, this podcast and the radio program is, is, uh, of course they're both conducted here in Norway, but I do have that international audience in mind. So
1: the, um, I would say critical thinking is a couple of things. It is paying attention to your mind. Yeah. It's, paying attention to the information coming in and it's making sure that you believe what you really believe. Ah. These are so important. Um, There's a
0: term, check yourself.
1: Yeah. What Dr. Alderette told me all those years ago was when people escape cults, they very often end up in another one. Maybe it's religious, maybe it's not.
0: Could that be because they've been conditioned to not think for themselves. They exactly. have not That's used exactly critical why. thinking ever before in their lives.
1: Exactly why. Because I bet it's
0: a naked feeling to be an adult yeah. who doesn't know how to engage in critical thinking. Yeah. So maybe they're more or less conscious, they're subconsciously mm-hmm. searching for that yep. new
1: and so box to
0: put themselves in.
1: When you pay attention to how your mind works, yeah. every human being can do this. Sure. Except for ones with some genetic thing put them over here, the fringe case, but every human being can do this. Yeah. It's when the, the example that I, that I love to go to, um, and this was, this was an example in the class that the question was asked, a man in Louisiana is sentenced to life imprisonment because he committed a murder. Yeah. So how long does he actually serve? Is it 20 years? Is it 30 years? Is it 40 years? Or is it life? What do you think?
0: If he is sentenced to life in prison, but he's already lived a part of his life, then it's not truly life in prison. If they said the rest of your life, then that's a certain number of well, years, uh, depending on how long you live. That's the assumption. It's the rest of your
1: life. Yeah. Right. So he's sentenced to the rest of his life. How long does he actually serve? Is it 20 years? Is it 30 years? Is it 40 years? Or is it the rest of his life?
0: It's the rest of his life.
1: Why, well, do, you say, why do you say that?
0: Well, of course, you you see, now I'm thinking in legalese, of course, you can get early release. You can be put out on parole, but the initial sentence is life. So that's the sentence life. That's how long they are intended to serve, which is the rest of their life.
1: And so the the right answer is life. Yeah. But not for the reason you said. How so? The penal code in the state of Louisiana says that life is life. There's no possibility of parole. Okay. If you get sent to life sentence to life in Louisiana, you're done. Yeah. Each state has a different, a different penal code. Yeah. Some of them are similar and some of them are, are pretty different. Now, the point of the exercise was why did you answer the way you did? Because somewhere along the line, we have associated a prison sentence with an amount of time that may or may not be the actual amount of time. Okay, yeah. Because we've heard it, we've seen it on TV, sure. we've heard people talk about it, and subconsciously, that's where our brain goes to cuz the way human beings and intelligence works is it's all relational. Yeah. We relate it, this information to something we already know. That's yes. how we remember it. Yeah. And so, we're doing this all the time. It's it's auto autopilot, right? I realize I did the crazy sign. <laughs> um eh, Hashtag team, Hashtag. but, um, the, the, but we can, we can make relational or we can come up with relational ideas that we don't even know we're doing. I see. We could, we can watch something. We can watch fiction, for example. Um, Oh, well take, take the coronavirus as an example. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you can't take a vaccine because, um, it's, it's giving babies, uh, at three months old, they're able to walk and they're born with black eyes. Yeah. This is what a Republican Senator is saying in the States right now.
0: Which one? I'm not surprised I, in the slides. I haven't I heard remember. that, but I'm not surprised because they're coming up with some wackadoodle
1: I, stuff. I don't remember his name. Um, it was on, it was, I think it was on Bill Maher the other day. That's where I heard it. It was either Bill Maher or it was Colbert, yeah. one of the two. yeah. Um, and it's like, why are they saying things like this? Yeah. Why are people so afraid of vaccines? Why are they so afraid? Besides the politicization of it. But why are they so afraid of these things? Because and they're a not lot thinking of it critically. To, they're not thinking critically. A lot of it has to do with, we've seen something on TV, yeah. probably fiction. Yeah. And now, oh my God, oh my God. You know, Um The same thing happens with religion. The same things happens with politics. It happens with every single thing. News. Take news as an example. What is news? By definition, news is something out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. Yeah. Now, you and I are old enough to remember when money wasn't in news. Yes. And we got accurate news.
0: And there was no... Celebrity, no, speaking into the microphone. Mm-hmm. It was a respected, mm-hmm. neutral, yep, guy. Usually, sometimes a woman who had no agenda. Right. They were literally just the, giving the you networks, the news of the day.
1: The news were lost leaders for the networks. Yeah, and they delivered. This is what happened. Yeah, we remember Dan Rather and yeah. and and uh, Walter Cronkite yeah, and, and all those guys. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, along came Rupert Murdoch. And money came into the equation. But because money is now involved, how do you get people to pay you to see your news? Mm. You have to slant it towards something they're internally biased for. And it doesn't take a lot of... of. doesn't take much. I mean... You can look at all the news today. You see the clickbait, you see yeah. the sensationalism. Well, but
0: that's not only slanting it, that's painting it up a little bit. That's yeah. putting makeup on it. Yeah. So it looks a little prettier, more yeah. exciting,
1: and, more fireworks. And you you, you, you see how they slant it towards the agenda that they have. Yeah. And if you do not use critical thinking, yeah. you can fall into that trap. Sure. You know, so. Blind it, acceptance. Yeah. Like we talked about. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Ah, it's it's. A, I think it's a sad state of affairs, uh, especially in America. Um, that's where my loyalty lies. You know, I'm. We talked about that a, a little bit about how good we have it here in Norway, yeah. and 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 I acknowledge that uh, daily. <laughs> but I'm still terribly homesick. But what hurts me is that I, th- I don't think I am homesick for something that doesn't exist anymore.
2: Hmm.
1: I, I know the the first time I went back to the States after I moved here yeah. would have been 2016 I think. So it had been six years yeah. and Yolanda and I went to visit her mom mm. in in Denver and I took a brief trip down to see my parents cause I thought it was what I was supposed to do. I was just going to be gone a day and it turned out to be a day too long. But I know that when I, when I went there, I, I don't know, it's cause I lived here as long yeah. as I have, but I felt like everywhere I went, I was in a giant shopping mall. Ah. (laughs) It didn't matter where it's commercials were just seeing me nonstop. And it's like,
0: well, you really get that on radio and and on television. Um, But then there's also the visual, you know, with the, with the billboards and everything, you really can't escape that commercial. It's,
1: it's just so constant. Yeah. It's constant. Yeah. You know, and I've been back two more times since then. I took the I took my kids to see their grandparents. And, yeah, um, <laughs> this this last time did not turn out so good. Uh, so that kind of broke everything. I think so.
0: <clears throat> but this lack of um, critical thinking in America, coupled with the way the news is presented, coupled with the constant commercial, mm-hmm. it's it, it at least on the surface, because I think I misspoke a little bit. I'm not homesick for something that doesn't exist because you have all of that on the surface. You know, the way the Mm. news is presented and everything and it paints a picture of America. And yet every time when I have gone home and I haven't been home, I've been here 20 years in Mm. in Norway, 19 years. And I've only been home three or four times, maybe Mm. four times. And when I do go home, I can feel it in my very core, when I'm back in my hometown or in that area that not too much has changed. Mm. It's when I'm here and yeah. I see the news and I see how people are reacting to it. Mm. Um, that's where I get that sense of what, what's happening. Things are not the same back home.
1: Yeah,
0: There's a duality.
1: Yeah. I, I think also it might have something to do too with <laughs> you and I come from a generation that didn't really appreciate what we had when we had it. How,
0: really? You don't think so? Uh,
1: look at it like this. We grew up in a time where there was no YouTube. Yeah. And the stupid shit that we did is not memorialized forever on the internet for right. everyone to see. That's true. We had books. Yeah. We went outside. Yeah. We... We had social,
0: real social gatherings. Yes.
1: We had, well, I didn't, but everyone else did. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the, we, we had a time when, at least it seemed like to me, there was a period of time where it was more like here in Norway. You know, now it's like, it seems like the U.S. has gone down this, materialistic, selfish route where it's selfish. Every, every man for himself.
0: That I cannot recognize in my America. I don't understand that selfishness. It used to be that it didn't.
1: I, nope, I, yeah. I need to, uh, Tiffany's going to kick me. I, I need to retract my pronoun use. Every person for what him pronoun or herself. Means, what I pro- said man. Every man, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag team Tiffany.
0: <laughs> I lo- Tiffany. I love you. I miss. She's having some more uh, voice problems, Uh, but when she gets that settled, she's going to be back on my show. I I I just love her to death. Snoopy loves her. Uh, That's my girl. That's my sister. So hi, Tiffany, if you're watching. If you're not watching, shame on you. If you are watching, hi. She
1: she won't be having voice problems. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) She she's the best.
0: I I just love that woman. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Moving towards move, moving towards moving towards the end of, of this, let me let me ask you a couple of things. Now you've had such a dynamic background, and it's mm-hmm. brought you to where you are now. And you seem to be a happy guy. You seem to be a man at peace.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, and I'm not saying everything is resolved. You know, you were telling me about how uh, you know watching uh, the Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale yeah. b- brought about uh, bouts of of uh, PTSD. Yeah. Um So there's still some things that you need to work mm. with, but you seem to be a leveled. Hmm. Uh, you know, feet on the ground, looking positive towards the future type of guy.
1: The, as a side note, uh, it's kind of funny last night when I went to sleep, I had nothing but cult dreams. Really? Yeah. Cause I knew I was, was going about in, it today.
0: Well, see, here's, here's my question. Mm-hmm. How much of a struggle or how much of an effort is this, you know, this conversation?
2: This conversation is so the, not at all.
0: But the, the leading up to it, did you have any? You know, everything's going fine now. You seem really relaxed right now. Yeah, I think I, I hope I was, you are. I, but but leading up to it, did you have any anxiety about
1: this? I think it was more the format. I've never done anything like this before. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've always listened to you. Yeah. On that side. Yeah. And now I'm on this side, <laughs> and, you know, uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, but it's okay because I get to wear my nice Dak Prescott Dak jersey. Dak Prescott,
0: gosh, I hope he has a good year. Shit. But um, but but so so leading up to this conversation, you didn't feel any anxiety at all. Now, you about, said you had your dreams and about
1: whatnot. talking about my experiences. No. Um, no, I I often have cult dreams. Yeah, um, but they're they're sporadic at times.
0: Um, and I, you say cult dreams. Do you avoid saying Jehovah's Witness? I do you do. avoid you? why?
1: I hate that name. You just hate the name. I hate that name. Um, I I've alluded that I didn't really say, but I've alluded that I don't that my parents and I, we, family and I, we're we we do not speak to each other anymore. This happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, with the last time I went back, um, it had something to do with um, one of my daughters making a statement, and my mom was all over it, and I basically had no. to say, look they're entitled to their opinion. Sure. Well, so she calls me up on Skype like 6 months later and she had all these points she wanted me to talk to her about. Wow. And I and I looked at her and I said, are you you really been sitting 6 months on this wait to discuss this? What's wrong with you? Yeah. And you know, she she they they had some things that they said and and then I I said something to the effect of, well, you know, if Your God, Jehovah, is if God is really like that, because I don't believe there is a God, but if there is, and he's like that, the other guy's got a point. Yeah. Hashtag team Satan, you know? Yeah. It's like, I want nothing to do with it. And so, to me, their God is a kid with a microscope and an anthill or a magnifying glass. Yeah. He's a horrible, a di- horrible being.
0: Yeah. I was going to say a dickhead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we can say that on your show. Sure we can.
0: Oh, come on now. Have you heard t- the episodes with Tiffany? The language yeah, out of that wonderful, intelligent mouth is- Tiffany is,
1: gets a pass. Is,
0: Tiffany gets a pass. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I get a pass.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's uh no, people can say whatever they want here. Mm. No problems. Uh, certain things will be cut out for the radio program, but for the podcast, you guys can say anything. Mm. Um, but- Okay, so, so leading up to this, then you had no anxiety. do you feel a certain lightness or do you feel a certain sense of accomplishment now that you've spoken on this and then and a side question, have you spoken this deeply about your experiences before outside of anyone in the medical field?
1: Uh, not to a mass audience no, no one on one yeah you're in there um
0: you feel um, comfortable saying all yeah. all the things that you've said oh,
1: I mean it's. It's because truth. I think
0: people can, it's the truth, and I think people can learn something from it. Yeah. Regardless of where you are in the spectrum of all things religion, I believe that your account can be a learning moment for yeah. people.
1: I, I'm hoping so. Uh, it's, you know, when you first asked me to do this, um, I started thinking about it, and I thought, you yeah. know, if what I say helps one person Who's, who's struggling with, should I stay or should I leave? And it helps them make up their mind. Then, then it's all worth it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, I, the, the most important thing that we can have in our life is peace. Yeah. You know, people, they, they want to be right all the time. Yeah. But it's not realistic. Number one. And number two, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, yeah. you know, so peace is way more important.
0: And again, my, my views, which differ slightly from yours, my views on religion are that is is that religion is supposed to be there to guide people towards peace. Mm-hmm. And when you insert the arrogance of mankind, when you insert the control issues, mm-hmm. when you insert the judgment and, and whatnot, I don't see how that can be legitimately wrapped up in what religion is supposed to be. It's corrupting the concept of religion. Yeah. And it sounds like that that is pretty much exactly what you went through.
1: And you have, you have so many other competing agendas and a lot of organized religion. A lot of it, I mean, with, with Jehovah's witnesses, um, under the hood, it's a worldwide empire of real estate. You know, it's, it's, for, for people who believe the end of the world is coming, they sure are amassing a lot of money.
0: See, and that's another thing that I struggle with understanding about.
1: Oh, speaking of which, you know, yeah. I told you about the, the service at Bethel. Yeah. You know what they did? All the people who went to Bethel, they were considered volunteers. Yeah. They only got paid like, you know, $15 a week or something. So they could buy toiletries and things like that. When you were there for 30 years, guess what happened when you left? You had no social security. Right. You'd never paid in. Right. And they were just kicking him out and dumping them on local congregations.
0: So if you How stayed there- that even there, legal? So if you stayed there year after year in service at Bethel, Any Buffalo, of them
1: did?
0: That was your- Entire life.
1: That was your entire life. They would you, feed
0: you and clothe you and they, they had a place to stay, you. but you were not employed, which means nope. you were not paying into social security, nope. which means that no you retirement. had no future, which means that you were totally dependent on that organization. And, the time, and there comes the control. Yep. There and, comes the control that I think yep. does not jive with what religion right. is supposed to be about.
1: And when you retired at 60, 70 years old, you you had health problems. Guess what else you didn't have? Health insurance,
0: health insurance, yeah.
1: So, it's, it was a complete, complete tragedy. I mean, they're they're for for what they claim. Oh, you know, we're trying to uh, preach God's word, blah blah blah, whatever. I mean, that's not what they do. No. You know, so well,
0: very much of what you have referred to 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 us here on the microphone does not jive with what I know about mm-hmm. the word of God. It sounds like the word of. The elders. Is that a safe assumption for me to make? I mean, that's what it sounds like. Again, mankind, in this case, a group of men inserting their will and then telling people who they then encourage to not. Like yeah. they told you, don't go back and read the old stuff. Yeah. Just listen to us. Yep. They are inserting their will yeah. on top of the will of God. Uh, it's,
1: it's, it's crazy. It's just craziness. You know?
0: I'm not a theologist, but it certainly sounds strange.
1: <laughs> it certainly sounds like a corruption of... It seems to me you know? that if God is all powerful and can do all these things, can't he get his message right? See, well, but, but see oh, here's but they the have thing. an answer. They have yeah. an answer. Yeah, he's working through imperfect men, and it always comes back to this: is a test of your faith. Yeah. Well, why I would I have faith in someone who can't get anything right?
0: And I would say, God, you know this this whole thing that is religion. You know, I have no clue who or what God is. Hmm. I don't know. I don't pretend to know that. Snoopy. God E S S at the end. No, but uh, I, you know, I don't. Pretend, You know, I'm not a religious scholar, but I know how I interpret yeah. religion. And there's no, you know, it, it, when I speak with people about religion, first of all, it's only if they want to hear it, if they mm-hmm. take up the conversation. And then I don't feel that I need to insert my own opinion right. or my own will to, to try and use it to control that person. And that's what I see happening so much with religion is that it's being used as a tool to control people, a televangelist out there is, who buys a stadium that seats 70,000 people hmm. can be a man of God, yeah. but he certainly doesn't look like one when all no. he is doing is raking in the that's cash nice. And you don't see that televangelist doing true works in the Joel footsteps. Olsteen, and that's exactly Creflo what they, Dalla. I was speaking. Dalla, yeah. Dalla. No, I was thinking. Uh, I, I was talking with a stand-up comedian friend of mine about Joel Olstein. Yeah, and about how he bought that stadium in in Houston.
1: Yeah, I think it was. He's yeah? in Houston, I believe. Yeah, I
0: believe he bought a stadium in Houston. He packs it full with like sixty thousand people. Uh, twice a week on Sundays and Wednesdays, but he's doing very little. Well, I, I can go back to when we had the the hurricane in twenty.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't let anybody in, and it. he wouldn't let anybody no.
0: in. And you talk about what would Jesus do? Is he certainly wouldn't lock the doors in a time of uh, you yeah. know of, of of need for the entire community. So that's where I'm getting at is that these men are inserting their own desires for their own financial enrichment. And that is not what religion is, but that's certainly what a lot of people are seeing religion to be used as. And it's corrupting what the true meaning of religion is supposed to be, which is peace, Mm -hmm. peace, brotherhood, love, sharing, giving service. Yeah. Willful. (laughs) Not because, not because a bunch of guys told you to, but willful.
1: (laughs) I think George Carlin summed it up.
0: uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: he basically said religion or, or the 10 commandments basically can be summed up into don't be a dick.
0: And that is really the best way if if you could paraphrase the bible especially the new testament it's just it's pretty much saying don't and be a dick. Don't
1: be a dick. You know? It's <laughs> that easy. You know?
0: So this conversation was easy for you. Yes? Yeah. How do you converse with someone who has a strong religious life or a strong religion, religious religious conversations. Is that, is there any challenge in that for you?
1: No, not really because, um, at the end of the day, uh, I'm not, it's not my job to convert no. anyone to anything. People are allowed to believe what they want. Sure. And it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, Mostly what I'm interested in learning is, does this person really believe what they say? And there because you go. Because yeah. most don't. Most don't. Most are on autopilot. Yeah. They, they just- Lack of critical it. thinking. Exactly. They just parrot back what they hear. They don't actually think about what it means. Yeah. You know, like, you. you, you I, I love the people that come up to me and say, all you have to do uh, to go to heaven is to believe in Jesus. I'm like, that's it? <laughs> Like, yes, you must believe in Jesus. I said, So you're saying Adolf Hitler's in heaven? Exactly. They're like what? I'm like, Well, you said all you have to do is believe and he was fanatical Christian. Yeah. He therefore he yeah. must be in heaven. Yeah. Oh, um, um, well, um no 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 no. There's there's other rules. Okay. Well what are they? Uh, um, well, uh the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Um, yes. I said, so what you're saying now is when you die, you're going to hell. Like what? Ten commandments say thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. And I know you do those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, um, um. It's like, you don't really believe what you think you right. believe. Right. You know?
0: There are so many people who put no, again, back to the critical thinking thing. They put no thought no. into this stuff that's coming yeah. out of their mouth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They put no thought behind it. They're, they're reading the script. Autopilot. Whether it's been given to them by Fox news or by CNN <laughs> or by the guy at the bar or by organizations or Nikki, religious Minaj's organizations cousin, or Nikki friend. Minaj's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the white house actually spoke about her. Yeah. Wow. No, but, um,
1: this podcast has now been dated by the way. This
0: podcast yeah. has now been dated. <laughs> well, we've been dated talking about uh, before much. the internet and, <laughs> and things like that. So, um, I want to ask you a question. I want you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me now before we wrap this up. Yep. I'm going to start a sentence. I'm going to say three words and then I want you to finish the sentence.
1: Uh oh. Okay. Are you sure you want to do this? Absolutely. Okay. Steve Solomon is. Thinking about what to say.
0: Constantly or. Constantly. You are a deep thinking guy now. It's you were, you were robbed of your human right mm-hmm. to engage in critical thinking. You were robbed of that for a period of years. Has that pushed you into an ultra critical thinker? Are you always thinking and analyzing and evaluating
1: I consciously? Do, I do pause before I say things you a lot, do? And yeah. I, I know the people who are close to me, it drives them nuts. <laughs> but, um, uh, you have to do that. Sure. You know? Um, Absolutely. It's, I don't know, maybe, maybe that comes from being older. You learn that just because you have a thought in your head, doesn't mean it should come out of your mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but um, I also, I, I also think too, it's important that whoever you're talking to, um, whether it's a friend or a foe or some, a colleague or mm-hmm. someone, it's important to hear what they have to say. And you can't hear with your mouth.
0: We talked about getting older and our ears keep growing. That's for listening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can't hear with your mouth.
0: That is very true. People need to learn when to shut up. I'm making my living off of talking here, but I, I like to listen. I do this to learn. I do this to gain in, gain in knowledge. Yeah. It's almost like a mantra. I say it so many times, both in, in life out there, but also on this podcast, that I do this. I bring in guests, people who interest me, inspire me, motivate me, so that I can hopefully learn something that will then make me stronger, not only mm. for myself, but for my family yeah, and my friends around me, so that yeah, it's, it's, things can be done mm. either directly by me or through something I've done for someone else to make the world a little bit better.
1: Yeah a little bit better. It's, it really can be that simple. I think
0: it is. And like I say, it's almost a mantra. I mean, it's, I'm very much, um, I'm on a mission with this podcast. I'm on a mission with my, um, with the things that I talk about and the people that I bring in, there's a meaning behind it. And you, Steve, and your story Mm. fall right in line Mm. with my mission, which is dialogue, conversation, new knowledge.
2: Yeah discussion discussion. Yeah. yeah. Dialogue. Mm.
0: Dialogue. Um, change is not going to happen without dialogue. Mm. Learning can't happen without, I mean, you can, it can be insular. You can sit and read a book, mm. but you want to talk about what you read and make yeah. sure you got it right. So again, back to the dialogue, Yeah, it's essential. Okay. So Steve Solomon is thinking of what to say. Mm-hmm. Next thing I want to ask you if You know, you're a humble guy, you're a quiet guy, you're a thinker, but I want you to be a little bit profound for a minute, if you would. Is there something that you can say for anybody who's watching or listening that might help them, motivate them, or inspire them in some way? Is there something you can say right now? A few sentences, a paragraph? Take the time you need Um, to say what you think might be, you know, because we all put. We, we yeah. all put a vibe out there. It can be positive or negative. Uh, your vibe is without a doubt positive. Mm. I, I call you friend, yeah. <laughs> you know. Same. Put Thank you. Thank you. Take that vibe and put it out there for anybody who's watching or listening. What can you say that can help them out?
1: Well, I guess if I look at my life and the end game of my life is I would like to have a tombstone that says, not a bad guy. That's not what I wanted guy. to say, um, and <laughs> of course I can't write that. Some, you know. but um, the it's if you go through something shitty, it doesn't have to wreck your life. There's always something good you can find in it, either. Uh, see, with my with my cult experience, I learned how not to live my life. How many people get that opportunity? You know, yeah. we 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 live and 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 we we go to school and we go to work every day, and we come home and we do our normal routines. But do we ever think about what it means? What is it we want to do? Yeah. Do we know who we as people are? You know, like I, I I have this this extreme situation with my children that I'm going through now. Um, that's, that's not good. Um, but people ask me, well, well, how are you able to handle that? And I say to them, this is not the worst thing I've ever been through. Yeah. You know, it's, that's probably a a discussion for another, another podcast. Absolutely. Um, It is. The wheels uh, are spinning in my head about that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My kids are great. Hashtag team Z and team Sienna. So there you go shout out to them. Um they um they they're struggling with some with, with with some things that were done to them. Yeah. You know, and so what I try to help them do as well is yeah, you know, life sucks sometimes. But life is also what you make of it. This is the only one we have that we know of.
0: That's some truth right there. Yeah.
1: And so take the bad and learn from it you know, and, and always try to go forward and always try to be a good person. Yeah. You know, be truthful about things. You, you, you can't solve the right problem yeah. if you don't know what it is right, right. or if it's hidden from you, you yeah. know? So I guess that that's my, um,
0: well, that's a good piece of, you know, for the last five minutes, you've been a motivational speaker for anybody <laughs> who's listening. I mean, that is, that is a good. And don't chunk, be a dick. And don't be a dick. And join Team Snooby. But that, Snoopy. But, that <laughs> but that is a good chunk of real inspirational speaking. Hmm. And it's so basic. It's so straightforward. It's so yeah. easy.
2: Yeah.
0: People just have to remind themselves of it.
1: You yeah. know, <sighs> we, we find ourselves in complicated situations. Sure. Life really sure. isn't that hard.
0: It, it, it isn't. We, it's, It can. You, you have to train. I think you have to train yourself to be prepared for the twists and turns.
1: Of course. That's yeah. the complicated situation yeah. part. Right. Yeah. And many people find themselves in horrible circumstances. Sure. Right. Horrible. Like, sure. We're lucky that we grew up in the West. Yeah. Um, my partner grew up in perestroika times in Russia you know hard times yeah uh, i i have friends who who grew up in in just complete poverty in places like yeah. in africa and, and other places yeah. and but they're some of the happiest people i've ever yeah. met you know find p- the happiness
0: people yeah. it's there
1: because the world has isn't this it? this this idea of what success is <laughs> yes yeah but it really isn't that.
0: success is so far removed from money Money, but, uh, uh, I like to say that money will not buy you happiness, but it will pay for the search for happiness. Mm. So there's a value in money and changing lives and, and, and towards personal comfort, but it's not the end all be all. Well, and yet it's becoming that for so well, many let's, people. Let's
1: caveat that though. Can we? Yeah. Money will pay for a very Questionably shaped rocket to shoot you into space.
0: Well, that falls in line with, yeah, yeah. But that falls in line with, it'll pay for the search. It'll pay for the search for happiness. You know, you could, you know, Jeff Bezos and and people like that, they can pay for these rockets, they can go up there, and it's not really, that in itself is not making them happy. No. But that act, which they were able to pay for, certainly bringing them some degree of comfort in the attention that they're getting, in the forwarding of their brand, and not...
1: I'm not sure that it does, but um
0: I think I think some of those guys are faking it. I don't yeah. know, but I think some of them are faking. I think some of them are not happy at all. Mm-mm.
1: It's about peace at the end sure. of the day. It's about it peace. Is. You know, are you are you able to look yourself in the eye in the mirror yeah. before you go to bed?
0: It's a matter of conscience. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace yeah. of mind. Well, listen, we have to wind this up. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately. I thought we were going for an hour.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, here it is. Two hours and six minutes and twenty-five seconds, twenty-six as we there count on. Um This has been fun. It's been a lot of yeah. fun for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm honored. Truly I, I'm not saying this to be the the, the cool and, and dramatic host. I'm telling you from one friend to another, I'm truly honored that you sat down and spoke Mm -hmm. with me and put this out there for people to hopefully learn something from. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, And I'm not going to say what the message is, what they should learn. I'm not going to ask you to say what they should learn. Take this conversation, people, for what it was and see what's in there that can help you along on your journey. Is that a good way to put it?
1: Absolutely. And and the only other, I think the, the last closing comment Hashtag Team Snoopy.
0: Gotcha. Almost choking to death over here. Hashtag Team Snoopy. I tease because I love. Yep. Uh, I think my next uh, episode, my next podcast episode is going to be with Snoopy uh, coming up here in a few days and we are going to talk. <laughs> uh, speaking of my podcast and my radio show, if you guys want to find out information about it, go to my website. Uh, www and a www, as my mother says, she she refuses to say she's a hillbilly, but she says W not
1: W where I come from. They say the same thing. There you
0: go. My people are all just a bunch of hillbillies that decided not to no longer live in the Hills of Kentucky. Okay. I was, I was raised in Ohio. Anyway, www dot, uh, com I almost messed that up. johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. You can find me on social media at johnallenpod. Look me up. Check out my episodes. Check out this episode. Comment. Share it. Learn and share and learn and share. That means dialogue, people. That's what this is all about. Steve, Mm -hmm. thank you.
1: Thank you for the opportunity appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. Yep. Steve Solomon everybody. Bye, Bye.
1: now.